Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, thank you for the blessing we have today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What a blessing. Well, you are welcome to today's amazing service. This is our fourth swollen service for the weekend. So those of you who are just joining us, you're welcome. Um, what a blessing uh, we have today to enjoy the Lord. Amen. Psalm 66. And verse number one, what does it say? Psalm 66 in your Bible. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Amen. Sing forth the honor of his name and make his praise glorious. Amen. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee, they shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. Amen. He turned the sea into dry land, and they went through the flood on foot. There did he, we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious nations, rebellious exalt themselves. Oh, bless our God, ye people. Make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our foot to be moved. For thou, O God, hast tried us Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Amen. Thou hast done what? Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Amen. Thou brought us into the net. Thou laid affliction upon our loins. Verse 12. Thou caused 
has caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Amen. Now, this scripture is saying that you go through many things, but at the end of the day, God brings you into a wealthy place. And I believe God that every one of us here, God is going to, God is going to bring you. He says, thou broughtest us into a wealthy place. You bring us into a wealthy place. Who brings you to a wealthy place? Who brings you to a wealthy place? Almighty God brings you into a wealthy place. Amen. So no one can bring you into a wealthy place. God is the one who brings you into a wealthy place. But listen, you know, for everything that happens, it's really your interpretation. Do you want to interpret that God is the one who is doing the things? Do you see? In verse 3, it says, Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies turn, submit themselves unto thee. In verse 5, he says, come and see the works of God. Come and see the works of God. In other words, you know, it's really up to you to see the works of God, to see it as the works of God. He turned the sea into dry land and they went through the flood on foot. It's up to you how you see things. All right? One time I met a man. He said to me, I don't believe in God because I am a scientist. He said to me, I am a scientist. So I do not believe. So when he said I was a scientist, when he said he was a scientist, I was intimidated. Because I thought, wow. A scientist. I thought he had, in, in, I mean, discovered some DNA or something, you know, one of these chemicals. And then after some time, I, I mustered up my courage and I asked him, what science? What, what science? And he said, computer science. <laughs> and when I said, wow, computer science. Is it because of computer science you are intimidating us? You know? And I found out that he had done a two-year course in computer science. And I said that we, data processing, (laughs) we who went to medical school for seven years, we are not calling ourselves scientists. And you, you did two-year computer data processing or whatever, you are calling yourself a scientist. Fantastic. But you know, it really depends on how you want to see things. So really, a Christian is someone who chooses to attribute things to God. You choose to attribute things to God. It's a choice you make. That I I attribute the happenings of my life to God. I attribute it to God. You can attribute 
what good thing is happening in your life as something being done by God. Or you can just say, oh, it is good luck. Oh, it is your... You know, one day somebody told me that uh, people born in my age group, you know, uh, are the ones who have been successful in certain things. So the person took me and then started to mention a number of people who were around my age. And said, you see, all these people are successful in this. So you were born in that era. That is why you are successful in what you are doing. I said, really? I mean, there are many theories that people have. But you see, it is up to you to choose. One time I was in a Mankesim. Uh, you know Mankesim? And I met a scientist from NASA in Mankesim. Yes. You are confused. NASA is the people who go to space. He told me I've worked at NASA for 40 years or something. Yes, but he was now in Mankesim. I mean, he had come home. And he said, it is amazing the things that have been discovered. And these people who have discovered these things will not attribute anything to God. Yes, they will not attribute anything to God. They attribute it to their intelligence. They attribute it to their hard work. They attribute it to their discoveries. You know, so it's your choice. So as you are sitting here today, you may attribute it to, ah, it just happens I'm free this afternoon. Or you may attribute it to, oh, yeah, my friend, so now and I decided, you know, let me go because I don't want them to be offended and, you know, I may need a favor one day. So I let me also do a favor for a favor. Ha! Huh. On the other hand, you could see that God has brought you to the house of God today by his power. And God is choosing to uh, speak to you or even God is trying to come near to you in this hour and in this moment of your life. Amen. Amen. And so, the psalmist is saying, he's talking about troubles. He said, you you hold our soul in verse 9 in life and suffer not our feet to be moved. God is stabilizing you and he will not allow you to be moved. Every good place that God has planted you by the grace. Say by the grace. Say by the grace. Now we have to say there's a way we say it's not by the grace. By the grace. There's a way you say by the grace. By the grace. Huh? <laughs> By the grace, you will not be moved. Oh, yes. You will not be moved. Girls who have, God has blessed you with a beloved. By the grace, you will not be moved. Those who are married, by the grace. Tell somebody, by the grace, you will not be moved. Amen. God has blessed you to work in his house. By the grace. You will not be moved. God has given you a position in the house of the Lord. By the grace. You will not be moved. Amen. He said in verse 9. Which holdeth our soul. He's holding you. He's holding you. Receive the blessing of the Lord. He's holding you. He's holding you. And he will not suffer your foot to be moved. God is your stabilizer. Somebody was saying that, you know, you need a good, uh, you need a, uh, not you need, but he was saying that, you know, this somebody's 
damaging your reputation. And so I said, look, when I was in a classroom preaching in Kolebu, which reputation was I using in this classroom? Huh? We don't use reputation to grow out of a classroom into a worldwide church. It's not reputation that is used. Not people's opinions that determine whether you go up or down. Six people commenting about something on social media does not determine someone's future. Yes. By the grace. I said by the grace. He suffered not our foot to be moved. Yes. And you have to believe God that by the grace where he has brought you, he's holding your soul and he's stabilizing you in the place that he has brought you. Amen. Now, the fact that he's stabilizing you does not mean that you don't have troubles. He says in verse 10, Thou hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. You know, all these metals, you know, when you, sometimes you see people wearing rings, you see like the ring that I'm wearing, it looks like uh, it can pass for tin, it can pass for, you know what they use, uh, what they use to make chainsy, I mean, uh, Aluminium. Yeah, it looks like that. That's what I'm wearing. It can pass for so many things. So how do you know that it's silver? Now, if you are a solid believer, how do we know that you are a solid believer? You need to go through some testings. Oh, yes. And that's when we know. Before I stand and I can use the word DR, by my name, doctor. The number of testings that I've been through, the panels I've spoken to, the questions that have been asked me, the different subjects that I've had panels, clinical exams, short cases, long cases, standing with patients, ward rounds, I mean surgeries, different things. Before that were DR can be applied to my name without me being arrested. Huh? It's not an email that I received there. You know, I hear these days you can get an email, you become a doctor by email. Yeah. So before you can come forth as silver, real silver, you must be tried. And so some of the things you are going through, they are to try you and to test you and to see whether you will serve the Lord or not. Amen. Amen. Thou has brought us into the net and laid affliction upon our loins. Thou has caused men to ride over our heads. Hey, some of the things God allows them. You see somebody's riding on your head and you look up and say, hey, your days are numbered. It's a matter of time. We went through fire. Look at Psalm 66 verse 12. He says, we went through fire and through water. 
How many realize even at your age you've been through fire? Small boy like you. You've already been through fire. And water. You know when they want to torture you, American torture, I think they call it waterboarding. They, semi, they simulate drowning. They simulate drowning. I think it's a very terrible thing. Yeah. They put you under and then you'll be drowning. Then they bring you up. Then they put you in. Then they bring you up. It's like, I mean, I don't know what it does, but it is something fantastic. And God is saying that I've taken you through fire. I've taken you through water. But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Today, by the power and by the grace, you are arriving and coming by force of God into your wealthy place. In the name of Jesus Christ, all scent of poverty is taken off your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Sit down. Buying granite and counting them is past. Buying kelewele and counting it is past. Making stew and counting the meat in the stew is past. Counting meat at, as you are giving people two meat each, one meat each is past in Jesus' name. Cutting the fish very small so that more people can have more pieces is over in the name of Jesus. A lot of banku with small fish is passed in Jesus' name. By the grace, I said by the grace, the meat size is expanding and then the carbohydrate side is getting smaller. By the grace, God is bringing you to a wealthy place. Receive the blessing of wealth this morning in the name of Jesus. You know, there is a scent of poverty. And this afternoon, by the grace, the smell of poverty is going off your life. Wearing clothes that dead people wore. Huh? Wearing clothes that dead people wore. And when... Obrani, who is dead? It's over. I said it's over. The scent of poverty is over. Standing at the airport to say bye-bye to people as they are going is over. Always seen off. You are always seen off. You will be seen off also soon in the, to the airport. In the name of Jesus. Thou has brought us into our wealthy place. In the name of Jesus. Living a life where you never go for holidays. Eh? Oh, yes. Never, you don't you know the meaning of the word holiday. Holiday means working from home for you. Working from home. A life where you don't know how to swim. You see swimming pool, but you don't know how to be in it. It's for decoration. 
You see a lot of rich men, they build swimming pool, but they don't know how to swim. Oh. But only that you know that a big man has to have a swimming pool in his house, so you built one. No, the scent of poverty is going away. Receive the grace. Say by the grace. By the grace. By the grace. It is going in Jesus' name. How many have ever been with somebody and you felt yourself, this man is poor. This brother is poor. No one will have such a thought about you again in Jesus' name. Yes. I don't know if you've seen that WhatsApp. I saw it was a chicken, piece of chicken that has been eaten by different types of people. (laughs) And they said, this one was eaten by a European. This one was eaten by a Ghanaian. This one was eaten by a Nigerian. This one was eaten by an American. And each one looks different. (laughs) Have you seen that picture before? Oh, yeah. Some of you have seen it. Oh. And you see that depending on where, less and less is left of the chicken. And one of the pictures, nothing was left. (laughs) Nothing was left. By the grace, you not go to the market to buy only bones. Like, do they sell bones on their own? Yes. Huh? Bone soup. <laughs> you know, all these things, they become delicacy, but it started from a, a certain reason. Yes. Nani and other things, they started from a need. And that let's not waste so we eat ah to the skin. Yes. God has brought you to his wealthy place. One day I went to Mali and I saw a truck. They said it was coming to Ghana. Full of willy. Yes. <laughs> we, we are the ones who are, who are specialists in eating the skin. It is like a special, special thing for us. But it started from We've left the meat and every part we have moved to. There's no waste. See, goat head soup. Yes, the whole head is in there. The, 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 smiling like this. The goat is smiling in the soup. Matakabura lava shandalaba. You are entering a wealthy place. In Jesus' name. How many have ever been with somebody and you wish the person would remember that you need money so that the person will remember and then give you something? If it has happened to you before, stand up. I want to pray pray with you. (laughs) It looks like everybody is standing up. (laughs) you wish Lord tell the person tell the person although that although I'm smiling I need money although I'm smiling I really I really need money although I'm smiling (laughs) 
Lift your hand. I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are bringing us into a wealthy place. 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 Remember each and every one of your children today and cause us hope, hold our hand, pass us through the fire, through the water, and bring us to the wealthy place. As your word says, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Let this scripture be fulfilled practically as a prophecy in the life of every one of us today. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Give the Lord a shout and a clap of praise. Oh, come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, I don't feel any excitement. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Well, the Bible says that Jesus said that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I believe that anyone here who has come, you are lost, you can't find your way. God has, God has organized the service for you to come and meet him. Can I get an amen from you? We are going to hear a testimony from our brother David, who's going to talk about how God saved him and changed his life when he met Jesus. Put your hands together for him as he climbs up the stage. Oh, encourage him as he climbs up. Tell us your testimony, your name and what your testimony is about. My name is David Adebayo and I'm from Abilimpi constituency, but centrally then Abilimpi constituency. And I want to um, share a great testimony. Okay, look for it. Look um, when I was 16, I went to uni. Um, I went from Nigeria to China. I, went, I was 16. And when I was 16, I met a group of guys. Um, they were fraudsters. They used to steal people's money. And we had, um, we had a lot of money, so because of that, I didn't communicate to my father. I didn't speak to him for about six months to a year. And because of that, I wasn't going to class anymore because I already have money, so there's no need to go to school. So while I was doing this, um, I, was, I was going to fail exams because I wasn't writing any exams. And I was going to drop out of medical school because there's no use. But one day, I remember felt so terrible. I just woke up feeling uneasy and I couldn't explain what was wrong with me and there was somebody lying beside me and I told her, I'm leaving, I'm going, I'm traveling somewhere. I don't know, I can't stay here. And she's like, why can't you stay? I was like, nah, I have to go. And then I decided to travel to my friend's place in Shenyang. And when I went to Shenyang, I told the person that I just feel like I need to be here for some weeks and, you know, just relax my head. Then it was a Saturday, then on Sunday, we went to church. They invited me to church and when I went to church, I met Pastor Emmanuel, and he preached. He preached about Lazarus and the rich man. He had, I remember he had a bottle of water, and he was shaking the bottle of water, and he said, there is no bottle of water in hell. There's only a drop of water. And for the first time in my life, I was convicted, and I was so scared. And I remembered everything I had done. In a split second, my life went like 360. What were some of the things you said you were doing? So we're fornicating. I we had lied to people. I remember we stole from an old woman. It was about $26,000. And she brought the money. And how old were you at that time? When you I was 16, 17. I was 17. And before the woman gave the money, she said, 
I know that what you are doing is a lie and you're a thief, but I'll allow you to go. And in after all of this, you were in medical school I was, I, I, in I China. Was, I was not really, I wasn't going to class, so I, was, I won't say I was in oh. medical school. So I wasn't, I wasn't really going to class. So when Pastor Emmanuel preached, I felt so convicted and decided to give my life to Christ. And I decided to stay serious in church. And from a split second, I turned from a bad boy to a changed person. And I just felt like my heart Oh, I think you should put turned. your hands together for Jesus. I just felt like my heart was turned to God. And I felt so bad. I used to regret everything I'd done because I was so young. And I wasn't talking to my father. But I said that, no, I have to stay in Shenyang. I'm not going anywhere. I have to stay here. But I can't stay in Shenyang because I'm not a student in Shenyang. I just came to visit. So I decided to change schools. So I called my dad, which I wasn't speaking to him. I told him, Daddy, I feel like this is where I need to be right now. And he said, don't worry, I support you. You can do anything you want. So he allowed me to stay. And I also needed to go to the school admin to take an admission. And that is very um, complicated because I wasn't going to class. I had to call and find out who is this guy, where is he coming from? And I know I already had a bad record. But when I got to the office, the man didn't even look at me. He just said, don't worry, I'll see you on Monday. And I just started school like that. And God gave me a new chance at life again and a new chance at school. Wow. And by the grace of God, next year I'll be completing medical school. So you who was a bad boy in another city, all of a sudden you decided to change yeah. your location and you I, met Jesus in church. Yeah, I started to change. And my pastor told me at the time, Pastor Michael Sarah, he gave me a bass guitar. That was the only thing I could do. That was the only thing I could do for God. So I always brought the bass guitar every Sunday to church and play. That's all I could do. I didn't do, any, I didn't do anything. And my, my other pastor, Pastor Emmanuel, told me, come and stay with me. Let's, let's live together. And he took me from the campus. I went to stay in his house. When I got to his house, funny enough, three people were living there and three people had speakers and all day messages were playing. So when I got there, I was like, ah, every time messages, messages. And before that, I just, you know, started to, I just felt like my heart changed. Like my, the, the wow, position I of my heart I think you should put your hands really together. Changed. Jesus. And, and I, the, the pastor told me, I, I wanted to go somewhere, start something. So I used to travel from my campus one hour, two hours away. I went to preach to young people, young students. I started different campus branches and by the grace oh, of God. I think this is where you should put your hands together again. You know, our brother here is someone who went to school in China, very young, joined Frosters, was drinking, was fornicating, was chasing girls, but God supernaturally changed him. You know, that's the power that Jesus wields when you accept him into your life. Yeah, so tell us. So, um, first of all, I would like to thank God for this great opportunity. God gave me a new chance at life again, and he gave me a new chance of starting my life. And I want to say thank you to Prophet. Even in this dark world, this very, very dark world, Prophet is still holding the touch of salvation and preaching to everybody, and preaching to every young people, and telling them about Jesus Christ. And I want to say thank you very much, Prophet. I, I, sometimes I wonder how a message from 1998 can change me, but I received a hard drive of message, and it changed my life. And I want to thank Prophet very much. And before I was about to come to Ghana, when I got the opportunity to Ghana, I took it so fully. Before I was about to come, I was, I was, I was on a plane, and I met a guy, and he said, can I use your phone? I said, yes. He said, I would like to call my parents and tell them that I've been in jail for six years. I'm just coming back now. And when he said that, I looked at my life and this, some, something told me that this is you. You've been in jail for the amount of time I've been in medical school. And he said, the only thing I wish I had was somebody to talk to me. And that was the difference between me and this guy because he had nobody oh, come to on, talk put to your me. hands together but I had for somebody Jesus. to speak to me. I had somebody to call me. I had somebody to text me. I had somebody to encourage me and tell me to have my quiet time. And that was the only thing. That was the only difference 
between me and the guy. I would like to say thank you very much to Prophet for sending people all the way to China, to Asia, to different parts of the world, to different parts of the world where people don't know him. I would like to say thank you, Prophet. God really bless you for changing my life. And by the grace of God, I'm also a darling boy to my parents. And we talk every time, we text every time. And God has really, really changed my life. Thank you very much, Prophet. I really, really love you from my heart. Thank you. God bless you. Wow, come on, put your hands together for Jesus. So no matter what you came with, no matter how you are, God can also change your life when you give your heart to Him. Put your hands together for Jesus. for me. 
Jesus, my Savior, thanks for choosing me. Jesus, my Savior, thanks for choosing me.
Hallelujah. It's time for the word of God. I can't feel your excitement. I said it's time for the word of God. Amen. Upstairs, can you hear me? Okay, the middle gallery, give the Lord a shout. On the right hand side. No, upstairs, upstairs, upstairs. If you can hear me, give the Lord a shout. On the left side, if you can hear me, give the Lord a shout. All right, on this side downstairs, can you hear me? Oh, your shout is very weak, oh. What about here? Give the Lord a shout of praise. What about this section? What about this side? What about the end there? What about the podcast corner? Are you alive? Salvation corner, are you alive? Now everybody give the Lord a shout of praise. Let me hear your loudest amen. One more time. Are you ready to hear from God? Our pastor is here. We've had a blessed Jesus weekend. It's been a wonderful time from the Anakazo encounter service yesterday in the morning. We had a powerful message about remember Lot's wife. And then last night we heard about building your house on a rock. And earlier this morning, we had a powerful message about Zacchaeus, the short man who found Jesus Christ. I don't know what God is going to say to you this afternoon, but I can guarantee you that it's about to change your life. I said it's about to change your life. You're supposed to shout amen. It's about to change your life. Let me hear you shout amen. Do you believe that nothing is impossible? Then lift your hands as we sing this powerful song, as we bring up our pastor to bring the word of God. Sing nothing is impossible. Possible. It's impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Hearken to the voice of God's need. Is there anything too hard for me? And put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word. For everything, oh everything, yes everything. You are believing God for the impossible today. Lift your hands and sing it. It's impossible. Come on, do you believe it? Do you believe in Jesus? Nothing is impossible because you're trusting in His word. I can to the voice of God to me. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust. declaring over your life everything is possible give the Lord a shout of praise and let's welcome Bishop Doug Hewitt Mills come on give God praise 
Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity. We're excited to be here in your house. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Today, I want to share with you about the power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. This you cannot find in the university. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. So we are in a world, this world, this is a very limited world, a world which, in which uh, we now live for about 70, 80, 90 years, you must be very old by 90. One of my lecturers died this week and he was over 90. Yes, he taught me. Uh, in school, a very famous surgeon, and he passed away, but he was about 90-something years old. Yeah. And, then, and it's when you see somebody 90, is like he's rarely had the grace. Many times when I was with him, when he would either be operating on somebody and doing all the good works he was doing, I, I, I was always thinking about him, that this man is so kind. And uh, He's always standing on his feet, operating on people and saving people's lives. God blessed him to see 90 plus years. Thank God. Amen. But uh, 90 is like a miracle. And you know, there are many, 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 many opportunities to die before 90. And we are, we are human beings, you know, trying to do all kinds of things. Um, years ago, when the flood happened, now these are, even in the history in Ghana, there is, there are, there are, there is records of a flood and there's records of giants you know, that once lived. Now, when the giants lived, there was Noah who um, came on the scene and he was one of the few people who served God. And Noah lived also for like 950 years or so. And um, 
he gave birth to three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Right? Now, Noah himself lived so long that Abraham was lived with Noah for 39 years before Noah died. You see? So, he gave birth to Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, Ham gave birth to Cush, who gave birth to Nimrod. Do you see? And Ham, when they were in the Noah's Ark, stole the clothes that Adam, you know, Adam lived and gave his, the clothes that God made for him. He, yes, he gave it to Enoch. Do you see? And then Enoch gave it to uh, Methuselah, who gave it to uh, Noah. Because Methuselah and Lamech, his son, he died just before the flood. So he gave it to Noah. But Ham stole it from Noah. Do you see? Now, when Ham gave birth to Nimrod, you get it? Uh, or, uh, yes, Ham gave birth to Nimrod. He was, he, was, he was in his old age. So he loved him and he gave him that, those clothes. You know, anointing is carried in clothes. Bible talks about the garments, anointed garments. So Nimrod began to be a mighty man on earth. And in fact, he ruled and became so great that he ruled over all of Noah's sons. And he was like a king of the whole earth. Yes. So that is when he decided to build a tower to reach heaven. Yes. And the tower that he built was so huge. They went and looked for a place called the land of Shinar. And they built this huge tower. You see, that is how our lives are. We are men that are doing things with our lives. And you see, history has shown that there's nothing you can do for yourself except what God is doing for you. The tower was so huge that it took one year at a point to carry the bricks from the ground to the top. Yes. And one year to come back. Yes. To, to, to lay the bricks. And also, the, the width, the circumference, it took, it was a three-day journey, three-day walking. And three days, if you live to Cape Coast, you'll get there. If you are walking to Cape Coast, you'll get there in three days, coolly. Three-day circumference to walk around the Tower of Babel. And when they were building, they said, they started to shoot bows and arrows into heaven. And the bows and arrows would fall down and there was blood on them. So they became deceived that they were killing God. And he said that the tower was a sin. The whole thing they were building was a sin to God. God found it horrible. And he decided to scatter them. And ladies and gentlemen, over the years, human beings, this world is full of a race of wicked people. You know, 
So you could hardly find anybody who was a righteous person. And when Abraham was born, Nimrod servants was called Terah, who was Abraham's father. And he had a god for every month, 12 gods. And they were serving it. So when Abraham was born, some astrologers saw a sign in the sky. And they said, as someone has been born who is going to cause a lot of problems. And that was Abraham. So he asked uh, Terah, the wise man said that Terah, he said, it is Terah has given birth to a boy, son, and that he should bring the son and they want to kill the son and he will give him a price for the son. So there was a lot of this guy. I don't want to tell you the story of what happened. But in the end, Terah went to his house and brought a servant of Terah's child who had just been born and gave it to Nimrod and they killed the child. And he went and hid Abraham. So Abraham was hidden in a cave for 10 years and then he was taken to Abraham and was taken to Noah. So he stayed with Noah for 39. You can check your Bible, all the ages of the people. In fact, you can even Google on the internet, you have the age of everybody. You see all those who are alive. You see that Abraham was alive in Noah's time for 39 years. So he kept him. So that's how come, you see, good passes from this person to this person, to Noah, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It's a line. It was Shem and all that. You know? And so what I'm saying is that human beings are evil and it's rare to find human beings who were created by God, who fear God and who love God. You know, so this world full of wickedness and evil. In fact, when they were building the Tower of Babel, they said that when a, a brick will fall and a man is killed, they didn't care about the man who was killed. They cared about the brick that had fallen. So they will put the man who had died into the wall. They added him to the bricks and just joined him into the wall. Like the wall of China, many people are buried in that, that wall. Obviously, it was not a single wall. It was, must have been very huge, fat. They just buried the man in the wall. Now, this type of people continued in the world until we got to no other person than the days where of Joseph and Mary. And there you see God making an attempt to... to to reach out to man who has fallen. And so that's why you, you trace all the way from Noah to, to Shem, who had the blessing that, blessed be the God of Shem. Shem will have a good God. Shem's God will be lucky because Shem will serve God. And so Shem gave birth to this other group, which gave birth to Abraham. So, God so loved this world that he decided to send his only begotten son into the world to come and speak to the world. Now, the world was very, very wicked. Now, how many of you have realized that you are wicked or on birth? Or you know somebody who is wicked from birth? 
Yes. No one has to teach you bad things. You know bad things. Even when you do something bad for the first time, you feel you've been doing it for a long time. So in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, Christmas is coming, but I use this verse to preach all the time. I don't wait for Christmas. It says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So as you see Doug standing here, I am saved from my sins by Jesus and by Jesus' precious blood. Hallelujah. There is no way that anyone can say he is a good person. You know it. You know. Ask your neighbor, are you addressed nicely, but it doesn't move me. I know there are many bad things about you that if you were to open your mouth, I would say I won't sit by you. Hallelujah. Now, number two, what, when God sent his son to come and save the world, what weapon was Jesus going to use to save the world? What, what was he going, how was he going to save us? Do you get what I'm saying? What, what is the weapon? How many of you have watched Rambo part two? If you haven't watched it, watch it soon. First Blood, part two. Yes. You see that when he was sent to Vietnam to go and rescue people, but when he jumped out of the plane to rescue the people, the gadgets, the guns, and the things they gave him got hooked onto the plane. So as the plane was flying, he was caught by the plane with his equipment linked to the plane and the plane was going at top speed because the plane cannot go slower. If a plane goes slow, it will come down. It can't slow down. Planes cannot slow down. I hope you understand. They can't just slow down. It's like go slowly. It's nothing like that. So, Rambo took a knife and cut off all his equipment, all his weapons, and left them on the plane and jumped only with the parachute. So, when he landed in the forest, he was met by this lady from Thailand or wherever she was from. And so, when he was with the lady, the lady asked him, so what are you going to use? Like, what What gadget, what do you have? What equipment do you have on this mission? And then he unbuckled his something on his leg and produced a big knife. He said, This is this is what this is this is what brings me good luck. Yes. So you, you wonder what he can do with that. But he was able to. You know, bring salvation to all the prisoners through his knife. And then he has some bow and arrows, that's all. It's wonderful. Now, one day there was a young man, he was going, he said he was traveling to England. Uh, his uncle was sick. 
and he was, his uncle was dying. And uh, so he said he's going to save his uncle. So they asked that, what, how, how are you going to save your uncle? What, what are you going to do to save your uncle? And he said, I'm going to donate my kidney. Yes, I'm going to give my kidney as a donation. Yes, part of me. I'm going to give the kidney as uh, whatever, donation. Yes, to save my uncle, part of me. So when Jesus was coming to this world, do you get it? What was he going to use to save us? Jesus was not going to use a knife. And he was also not going to save by his kidneys. He said, by, by his kidneys we are saved. No. He was going to take his blood, his blood, and he was going to give his blood as a propitiation, as an exchange to save you and me. Jesus Christ gave his blood. Amen. And so, Jesus Christ is the wonderful savior of the world who gave his blood. Why? Why is the blood necessary? In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Amen. The forgiveness of sins. Amen according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom. All right? So the blood of Jesus causes you to be forgiven. Amen. So, you know, when somebody has done something, honestly, there is sometimes, there's nothing you can do to undo what you've done. Yes, to undo what you've done. Most films are about revenge. Do you see? About how to, I mean, avenge yourself. How to fight and to hurt somebody who has hurt you. And to let somebody feel pain for what he has done. Because of the, the way what you've done is so some way, you want to let the person feel. That is why all of us look at films with revenge and then even when they are killing the bad man, they kill him slowly. Is it not true? And you enjoy it too. It should suffer. And you see, the Bible says, beloved, avenge not yourself, but give place to wrath. For vengeance is mine, I will repay. God is into repayment. All the bad things you've done, eh, there is a repayment date on it. There's a what? It is God who repays. God is, says, that as for repayment, I'm the payer. I repay. Please, no one should chew gum while I'm preaching. I see, I can call some people right now. You are chewing gum. Don't do that, please. Even Singapore, we don't allow it. Swallow it. Lest I call you out. I will. 
All right. Now, repayment is God's specialty. He pays back people for their sins wildly. And when the payment is coming on, you often cannot correlate what you did with the payment. So we are all due payment for our sins. And the wages of your sin, the wages, the payment, the payment plan for your sin eh, is death. Yes. So in a sense, we are all condemned already. In fact, as you can see, we are all headed towards death. No matter how rich you are. So, everyone here is supposed to die and you will pay for your sins. So, God realized that he needs something that can wash your sins away. Something that can help to wash your sins away so that you are no more sinful and so that the judgment will not come. And there was nothing found in heaven and earth except blood. Because the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no way to forgive sins. That's the law. Uncle James told me. Without the shedding of blood, there is no way to forgive sins. It will not happen. It will not happen. And so somebody's blood has to be shed. And whose blood is going to be shed? Whose blood is going to be shed? All right? And so today, you are, you can be washed by the blood of Jesus if you receive the blood of Jesus. Number five, you can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Because sometimes when you sin, it smells on you. Yes. First John chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleans you up. How many know that sometimes when you go and you commit certain sin, the smell, there's a smell on you. You don't even feel normal. There's a scent of your sinfulness on you. One time some armed robbers were being chased. And when they were being chased, they realized they were going to die. And there was a septic tank in the area. So they decided, they took a decision because it was either life and death. They took a decision to jump into the septic tank. So they jumped and they came out. Now when they came out, all the people who were chasing him gave up the ghosts. They said, no way. No one wanted to hold them. So they decided to forgive them. And I'm not that they forgave them, but they decided not to catch them. So they left them. Now, these two armed robbers were free. You see, they looked like they had been forgiven. But even though they had been forgiven, they were not clean. 
they still needed to be cleaned, even though they were forgiven. So you may be forgiven, but you are not clean. You are not cleansed of your sin. Do you see? So the scent, you know, you, because you may be a fornicator. When you come around, the scent of fornication is on you strongly. Maybe you are crooked and a thief. And you see that you are, your crookedness and cruel ways, you brought it into the church. And if anybody makes a mistake of letting you count offerings or be an usher or do something, you know, be counting money for whatever, before you realize you've changed the whole thing. Because the smell and the scent of your sin is with you and is still somehow around you. So God wants to clean you up. Clean you up. And change your life completely. And there's only one thing that can do that. And that is the blood of Jesus. Number six, you'll be sanctified by the blood. It says, for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought to the sanctuary by the priests are burned without the camp. Hebrews 13 and 11. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his blood. He might what? Sanctify the people with his own blood. So today I have some good news for you. Not only is the blood going to forgive you and not only is the blood going to cleanse you but the blood is going to sanctify or make you holy and special. So you are being made holy and you are being made special by the blood. That's how come you have certain types of people that are even pastors. It's the only way. The blood. I said the blood. I said the blood. The blood. The blood will sanctify you. And when you see where you are from, and you realize that, no, 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 no. You shouldn't be in the church. And you shouldn't mix with the church people. And you shouldn't hold a microphone. You shouldn't sing a song in the church. But the Bible says we are sanctified by the blood of Jesus. So I have good news for you. You know, no matter who you are and what you've done, God has an amazing plan for you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 22. In Acts chapter 22, verse 3, Paul says, I am verily a man which I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I was born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia. I was brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel and I taught according to the perfect manner, the law. Verse 4. And I persecuted this way unto the death. I mean, this is Paul. I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. I mean, this was Paul. He was so bad you see, binding and delivering people into prisons. If such a person was alive today, they would be cursing the man. They would say, let Paul die tomorrow. Lord, we are giving him 48 hours to live. 
Let the judgment be upon him. Let him see Pepe Lord as he has delivered and some of your brothers and sisters will be put in prison by Paul. And you'll be saying, no Lord, this man, no way. No way. And then in verse 918, he had a vision and he saw, he said, make haste. Get quickly out of Jerusalem for they will not receive your testimony. And then I said, Paul was speaking to the Lord. I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat. Imprisoned and what? And beat in every synagogue. It was a gunman, maybe. I don't know whether it was gunman, but maybe it's also Ashanti. I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. Look, this is the person who became the greatest apostle. Someone who beat Christians in prison. He said, they know me. And verse 20, he said, and when the blood of thy martyr, Stephen, was shed, I also was standing by and consenting. I was agreeing to everything they were saying. And writing. Huh? When you agree to something that is being said, you are part of it. Even if he was the one saying it. But you agreed. You consented. And then what else? And I kept the raiment. I was holding the clothes. Changed the version to NIV or something like that. He said, I was guarding the clothes of those who were killing Pastors. Huh? Wow. I was guarding their clothes. This, this is the person who was able to find salvation. Hallelujah. And First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. It says... I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful. Amen. 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 Putting me in the ministry. Verse 16. Hallelujah. Uh, verse, sorry, verse 13. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious? Look, look at that. But I obtained mercy. I did what? I obtained mercy. I obtained mercy. Yes. I was injurious. I was a blasphemer. So God is showing you today that. You know, although your sin is like from the east to the west, you are a sinner, blasphemer, and injurious. Many of you here have said negative things about pastors and about churches before. That is blasphemy. That is injurious. That is negative talking, a persecutor. Some of you were social media writers. 
writing things, bloggers, saying things, negative things about God, about the church, and about pastors. You're just like Paul. Yes. And he said, but I obtained mercy. And today God is stretching out his hand. Look at my hand. You see, God is stretching out his hand and he's offering you the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, to wash away your sins and cleanse you and make you a new person. Hallelujah. And so that is how come you can be sanctified. It's Paul who even wrote it that a bad person can become a holy person. A bad person can become... Tell your neighbor, Charlie, this is good news for you. This one, this one there is very good news for you, Father. A bad person can become a what? A holy person. A bad person can become a holy person. Wow. How many are glad about this good news? That a bad person can be sanctified. Upstairs, I cannot see. Are you happy that a bad person can become a holy person. In fact, there is nobody here who cannot become a minister of God. There's no one like that. There's no one who has done anything. I don't think anybody here is worse than Paul. Because you see, sometimes you do something bad, but to touch the church is different. To attack is different. It's a higher level. And he persecuted the church. He was injurious. He caused injury to the church. By Paul's behavior, the church was injured. The church was affected. Yes. The church was affected. And he said, I'm not worthy. And it's true. Anyone who touches the church, you are not worthy. Yes. But by the grace. Tell somebody, by the grace. By the grace. No, there's a way you say, by the grace. Yeah. By the grace. Number seven, you'll be redeemed by the blood. You are redeemed by the blood. There is a redeemer. Jesus, did I hear them singing it this morning during the worship? Is it Jerome who was singing it? Yes. There is a redeemer. Now, get ready to sing that part. It says, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. In Revelation chapter 5. And verse 9, you have redeemed us. People, we don't use the word redeem nowadays. We use the word buy. So, you're going shopping. You would have said, I'm going redeeming. Yeah, tell I'm going to uh, Accra Mall to redeem. I'm going redeeming at the mall. Tell you, you see, what have you redeemed today? No, I redeemed some shoes and I redeemed a dress. I've got some new dresses I redeemed. That's what you would have been saying. So, it's redemption. You, you bought it. It's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not redemption. Redeeming is to buy. To buy. So you say, oh, I'm going redeeming at West Hills Mall. I'm going redeeming. My, my sister who is meeting me, she's doing some redeeming at Accra Mall. So I'm going to join her. So we'll redeem for about one hour and then after that we'll come. My mother sent me to redeem some fish. So that song says, there is a redeemer. There is a redeemer. There is a buyer, a purchaser. Jesus 
It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. When God was going shopping to buy you, he paid with blood. He didn't play with CDs or dollars. So that's why when it's time for you to give some CDs or dollars and you be doing some plenty calculations and so on, he just looks at you. It's marvelous. Oh, yeah, well, I did that, I did that. He looks at it and says, wow. Sit down for a moment. Redeemer. Redeemed through his blood. You are redeemed with blood. That is why the church is so precious. Anyone who touches the church is cursed. Whoever you are, when you are playing the fool, leave the church out. Because the church was redeemed with blood. Jesus has purchased us. And you see, all the people in the world, you see that not everybody loved God. Even from Adam, there was Cain and there was Abel. And Abel brought a good sacrifice and immediately Cain was jealous. And then you had Enoch, Enos, and so on. Then you had Enoch out of all the people that were born. But Enoch walked with God. He was special and he's the one who lived shortest, 365 years. And he gave birth to the one who lived longest, Methuselah. Yes. <laughs> And because he walked with God, God said, it's okay. Come, 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 come to me. Not everybody loved God. Out of all the people, and Methuselah and Lamech, they also believed in God. And God decided to take them from the earth before the flood. So they both died around the same time. In uh, Lamech and Methuselah. And then Noah came on the scene with the flood. And of all the sons of Noah, it was Shem who loved the Lord. And out of them, it was Abraham. And then out of these other sons, there was Nimrod, who was evil. But Abraham, who was with Noah for a while, learned about God. So you see, out of all the many people in Accra, and the many people in the world, and the many people in West Africa, and the many people all over the world, God has also, you are like, you are like Methuselah or Enoch, or you are like Noah, just selected out of the plenty people who blaspheme and who hate God. And God chooses you and saves you. And so this group is a special group to God. If you don't like your life, then touch the church. If you don't like yourself, then attack the church. If you don't like your family, then try fooling with the church that God has raised up. It is a special group that he bought with blood. Yeah. In fact, he calls the church his bride. One time Rejoiner had a vision and the Lord said to him, are you ready to read my, read, meet my queen? Are you ready to meet me? He was in England. He immediately thought that he was about to meet Queen Elizabeth. And the Lord said, no, no. I'm talking of my church. Are you ready to meet my bride? They are so precious to me. People I paid for with blood. I used blood to buy the small, small boys. You know, this morning, this whole place was full like this. Yesterday, Anakazo campus was full, and we have to chase outside. Packed. Children, many, all of them, Jesus died for them. Jesus loves them. Jesus, they are so precious. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. 
There are people that have been redeemed and paid for. It's not free. He didn't get us free freely. He paid a legal price so that no one can say anything about you again. Sometimes something has to be done so that no one can talk. No one can talk. When they see you in the church, nobody can talk. God, there are some of you, when demons spot you in the church, they say, no, he cannot be here. He cannot be here. Then when they show their blood, they say, oh, okay. They show their blood. Say, I, I can't. Hallelujah. And then after redeeming by this blood. The blood is powerful. After redeemed. So the blood has forgiven you. You are forgiven. You are cleansed through the blood. You are sanctified through the blood. You are redeemed through the blood. And then you are reconciled. Reconciliation. Things are brought back to how they used to be before. Romans 3, 23, 24. It says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. That means reconcile. God is bringing you back to him. You no longer have to dwell with devils and evil spirits. And you are washed with the blood. And so today, God sent me to speak to every one of us here. Uh, The blood of Jesus is shed for all of us. If only you will receive it. You know, somebody said, why do you have to die for us? Because if Jesus hadn't died, and he had only preached. Do you see? He couldn't have saved us. Because preaching cannot save you. Who, who, we have to pay. Because you are bad. Genuinely you are bad. Like it's not like it's just something we are saying. You are actually bad. So how can a bad person like you come to heaven? Like somebody has to put something down. And then it will become an explanation for your presence. Yes. What are you doing here? Yes. One time I was invited to a, fun- a function or some meeting and I was staying in one of the castles in London. Yes. You know, I've been seeing these castles, Buckingham, it was just near Buckingham Castle. I was just, it was just around there and I was saying that all these castles, I've seen them for years. But I see, you cannot enter. Matara <laughs> mashuba you cannot easily go there. But you see, I was there. I was there. And when I, when, I, when I arrived at the gate, they needed an explanation that, who am I? What am I doing here? How can I come in? And I was able to show them. And they said, ah, we are expecting you. If you put your bag here and then give us a few minutes, we will take your bags inside the castle. Beautiful. I was about to enter very soon one day you'll be arriving at the gates of eternity and uh, they'll be asking who are you how do you come here how do you come here how do you come here and uh, what will you say you say oh I was in Bubuashi and then I I did this and uh, I was uh, this and that and I was no I cannot go to heaven because I'm a preacher I go to heaven for the same reason that you go to heaven The same reason is that the blood of Jesus that washes you is the blood of Jesus that washes me and the blood of Jesus that washes all of us. We are forgiven by this precious blood. Today, Jesus wants to wash you. 
and that is the greatest spiritual event of your life, to be washed. And when you are washed by the blood of Jesus, it is what we call born again. That is when we say you are born again because your sins are washed away. You know what? Sin has a very bad effect. Yeah. Why do people quarrel? Because you've done something wrong against the person. Yeah. Sin has a terrible effect. Your main problems are your sins. Yeah. One day I visited a prison and at the gate of the prison there was a notice board and at the notice board they had written they have five murderers like the number five of the people are murderers 25 liars 60 thieves and then 100 I mean different sins but I think liars and thieves was the highest and then murderers were about five so everybody there they are sins so when we entered the prison we realized that you can't make them escape you can't they can't go out I wanted to take them out but they couldn't go out why you know one day I visited in Sawan prison it's a long time since I went there and I preached I tell you the man who introduced me was more than a pastor oh yes he was sweating and praying the tongues he spoke are nicer than your tongues hey he was very prayerful and everybody was sitting down on benches in front of me and there was a poly tank behind and he said today we have a pastor who is here to minister he was like the associate pastor of the prison I mean I, could, I don't know hey with I preach and then he came and then I mean summarize like you know that you are yes you are in a charismatic church so my heart was moved towards this man and I said whatever I do I will escape with this guy out of this prison yes so I decided to ask him privately I said what did you do like have you done something while you are here he said, oh yeah. He said, everybody here, I was at the maximum security side. He said, everybody here is a murderer. He said, everybody here is a murderer. Yes. He said, condemn cell. I said, oh wow. So I said, who did you kill? He said, oh, I killed my son. So, immediately I realized that to escape with this man, it was a very difficult thing. Do you get what I'm saying? And then above all, there was security with soldiers with guns. And then the door is half like this. You bend down so you can't run. The reason of a low door is that you can't run. Yeah, you can't run out. You have to go down like this before you go out. So it's difficult to run. If you are trying to run, you will see. Yes. So I was thinking, what power can release this man from here? So when you think of your sins, I tell you, you are supposed to go straight to hell. Oh, yes. Only that you can't remember some of them. It's like it's been some time, 2007, you know, 2011, 2015, 2000, during the pandemic, the way your people, way your behavior, so many things. Wow. 
So God needed a very powerful weapon to set us free from this prison where we are legally bound to be there. And that powerful key is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we sing. You know, there's a song we say, there is power, power, wonder work. That, that is what we mean. This wonder working power that can take somebody out of a prison and take him out from his sin. Is I tell you, because I know of no force that can release that guy from that prison. I don't know. I, I think by now he'll still be there. Yeah, it's been so many years. He must still be in the prison. Yeah. There's no gun. There's nothing that can. There's nothing that can change it because he did it. He did it. He did it. He did everything that you say he did. He did it. How many did it? How many did it? Did you did you do it or you didn't did it? Did you did it or you didn't do it? You did it. Hey. How many have realized that the blood of Jesus is very powerful? If the blood can say it's over, it's over. Look, human beings, we don't find it easy to forgive people. Oh, no, 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 no. You may say you are washed by the blood, but Charlie, what you did, party and honestly, it can never be, it cannot be forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Almost every film is about revenge. Yes. Almost every film is about revenge. How to avenge the wickedness that has been done to you to bring pain to the other person. But Jesus, Jesus came to this world to end all these things and to wash you and to pay for you to be cleansed, to be forgiven, to be sanctified, to be redeemed and to be reconciled. Have you seen reconciliation? You see two people who were not flowing and then they are flowing like how they used to flow before. Receive the grace of God to flow with God like how you used to flow before. And today, I don't know who you are, you know, but this blood is available to you right now. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I thank God. I thank God for finding me in Achimota school and calling me and saving me and paying for me and sending somebody to talk to me. Oh, I thank him. With my life, I say thank you to Jesus for what he's done for me. Everyone standing, please. Lift your hands quickly. Lord, thank you for every hand lifted up today. Saying thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. What mercy you have shown to us. And now, Lord, look at every hand that is lifted up. We surrender ourselves to you. And we ask that we should be washed and cleansed with the blood of Jesus. Put your hands down for a moment. If you are here today, you want Jesus to wash you 
and cleanse you from all your sins, then lift your hand up like this and I want to pray with you. Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus to wash away all my sins. Maybe somebody invited you to church and you know that you are not saved and you need God to save you today and wash you with the blood of Jesus. Then lift your hand high. God bless you. I see all your hands all over this place. I see so many hands lifted up. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me a new person. Then your hand must be up. If you've lifted up your hand, you want Jesus to wash your sins away, then with your hand lifted up high, I want you to come to me from where you are standing. Come to the front here. I'm going to pray with you. Come. Come from upstairs. Come from the side. Come from everywhere. Come. God bless you. 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 Come. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come all the way. Come from upstairs. Come running. Come running. Come running all the way. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Yes. Yes. Come from everywhere. Come to God. Jesus, come to Jesus. This is your chance to be washed with the blood of Jesus, to be sanctified, to be sanctified, to be sanctified. Sometimes you hear this is KLM flight 589 to Kano and Amsterdam. All passengers proceed to gate number one. But the time comes, you hear this is KLM flight 589 to Kano and Amsterdam. This is the final call. This is the last call. 
as every head is bowed, I want to give you the final call. If you know, listen, that if you die tomorrow, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell, or you are not sure, this is your chance to come. I want to pray with you. If you know you are a Christian, but not a good Christian, you know in your heart, God has brought you here to change your life. I'm giving you the last chance. This is the last call. If you are in any of these groups, lift your hand and come right now. Come on right now. Come right now. God is calling you. Come on. This is your last chance. Come on. Come to the front. Come to the front. Come from wherever you are. Come to Jesus. Come for them as they come. And punish them. Jesus is saving you. Jesus is changing your life. Come on, my sister. Come on, my friend. God wants to change you. Say this prayer. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for today. Please forgive me for my sins. I give my heart to Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me. Wash me with the blood. Cleanse me with the blood. The blood of Jesus. I re- lift your hand like this. I receive the blood of Jesus. I receive the blood of Jesus to wash me to cleanse me, to forgive me, to make me holy. I receive the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. Thank you, Lord, for having mercy on my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Now lift your right hand like this. Say after me, Satan. Satan, listen carefully. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. In the name of Jesus, I reject you. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I will not serve you again. I will not follow you again. I will not obey you again. Lift your two hands and say, I belong to Jesus Christ. And I will serve Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Now, listen. Before you go, look at me, all right? All on the screen, whatever. Listen, this is your chance. Say, this is my chance. The blood of Jesus, I see the blood of Jesus washing everybody here like this. The blood of Jesus is washing you. Yes. You are being made new. And from today, you are a child of God. Amen. Today, you are forgiven. Say, lift your hand and say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. 
say, I am, uh, I am cleansed. I am sanctified. I am redeemed by the blood, by the blood, by the blood, by the blood of Jesus. Lift your two hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, from today, I want to introduce you to your spiritual house. Your spiritual what? Your spiritual home. This is your home because where you are born is where is your home. Is it not true? Where you are born, that's your home. So you are born again here. So this is now your spiritual home. And I'm telling you, every Sunday we are here. And I want to invite you and make sure that you are here every Sunday. Whether there is a bus, there's no bus, whatever, be here. God is changing your life. I say God is changing your life. Forever and ever you will remember today. Say I will remember today. The day I was washed. The day I was cleansed with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, look this way. I'm going to give you a gift. That sign says what? Follow me. Follow the follow me and you will come to a very good place and later you come and join us. Okay? God bless you. God bless you. Are you happy that your, your, your sins are washed away? Are you happy that your name is written in the book of life? Are you happy that one day you are going to go to heaven? Are you happy to be a born again Christian? Say, I love Jesus. God bless you. Please follow the follow me sign and go this way. Take your holy communion. Brothers, Brothers sisters. sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. In the spirit, we are young. We are young. And we'll live forever.
lift your wine. May your sins be washed. And when the enemy sees you, may this blood answer every question about your life. May this blood answer every question. The blood of Jesus. Lift your hands for your blessing. The Lord bless all soul winners. The Lord bless all those who participate winning souls. The Lord multiply you. May the Lord take from you your burdens, your problems, your needs. May he heal your diseases and strengthen you the Lord lengthen your courts strengthen your stakes and expand the place where you are in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord bless you I bless you as children that the Lord gave to me be blessed with the blessing of a father upon your life the Lord give you peace and the Lord cause a calm to come in every storm that is blowing in your life the Lord bring an end to ongoing crisis and ongoing issues and ongoing struggles and ongoing unsettled issues the Lord give you peace the Lord give you settlement the Lord give you answers in the name of Jesus Christ and everyone shouted Amen let me hear your loudest Amen let me hear your loudest Amen God bless you you may be seated God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.